Welcome back, MTN Nets Podcast. One of the most pathetic losses you'll ever see. Uh, the Nets had a six-point lead with about maybe eight, six or eight-point lead with like a minute and 12 seconds left. Lost the game. And uh, just everything that could have gone wrong went wrong. And, you know, I don't want to blame, oh, it's a new team, and uh, like make a bunch of excuses. There, there's no reason to blow this lead. I don't care if it's your first game together. It doesn't really matter. There is no reason to blow a game like this. I'm going to go see the play-by-play and see the exact score because just the way this game went down was crazy. I know Royce O'Neal hit that three to make it a 112-104 lead with two minutes to go. Then you had a a six-point lead with 118 to go. Mikael Bridges has the first turnover. Karis LeVert gets a layup out of it. Then Spencer Dinwiddie has a bad pass. That's intercepted. Goes for another two points for Cleveland. I thought Donovan Mitchell might have had an and one on that, but it wasn't. So that's called a timeout. Dinwiddie makes a really good, you know, um, right-handed layup. Go up four with 29 seconds to go. And like, all right, you're up four with 29 seconds to go. That should be it. And then, of course, Donovan Mitchell, great move to create separation on Claxon, I think it was. Makes the 20-foot jumper. Two-point game. Nets are up two with 24 seconds left. The, The game should mathematically be over. But then what do you know? Another bad pass. It started with a bad pass from, I think, Dinwiddie. Dorian Finney-Smith had to tiptoe on the sideline to keep it in. He throws it back in bounds. And then I think it went past Mikel Bridges, got intercepted again. And that led to the possession that led to the um, Donovan Mitchell layup. He got fouled, went to the line, made the first, missed the second. And you're thinking, oh, my God, he missed the, he missed the free throw. That's great. We're going to win the game. So, of course, the Nets don't do something you're taught in grade school, which is box out the shooter. They don't do that. And to make it even better, the ball is battled for by Royce O'Neal and Nick Claxton, two guys that play for the same team, then goes through the hands of Spencer Dinwiddie. So that's three Nets it goes through the hands of. And if they just held on to that ball, the game's probably over. You go down the other end, make free throws, game's over probably. But of course, in typical Nets fashion, it gets kicked out to Karis LeVert. He dribbles on the right wing. For some reason, he's getting double teamed. Wide open in the corner is Isaac Okoro. And Okoro is not a great three-point shooter. They said he was a 35% shooter from three on the broadcast. He, of course, makes a three with 0.7 seconds to go. Puts the Cavs up by two. So just a horrendous loss by the Brooklyn Nets, who I think have now dropped like four or five straight games. Mikael Bridges missed the 27-foot jumper to try and win the game. Uh, yeah, it, it's, I don't know. I, I wish I could say I care about these losses anymore, but it, it's hard to care. You know, like this team is not going anywhere. Uh, truthfully, the losses affected me a lot more when we had the championship aspirations, and this team just doesn't. They're now 39-34. and 34. I believe they're now officially the seven seed. They play Miami on Saturday. If they lose that game, then this it's pretty much you're in the play-in no matter what. I guess they'll play Atlanta or Toronto. We'll see. But hey, I just I don't care if they make the playoffs. I really don't. It's it's it sucks to say that because you don't want to root for your team to lose when they have a chance to make the playoffs. But this is not the NFL. This is not the MLB. These magical runs don't happen. We know it's the NBA. Superstars win championships. There are some crazy outliers once in a while, like I guess the 2010 Mavs, but they had Dirk pretty much in his prime. 2019 Raptors, but they had Kawhi in his prime. We don't have that. I mean, Mikael Bridges, 
could be a very good player, of course, but he's not Kawhi level. He's not Dirk Nowitzki level. So, in my opinion, there's no reason to make the playoffs. I think the best thing for this Nets team is to probably just not make it and get a lottery pick and keep hoping that the Suns and the Mavericks keep losing, which seems like it could happen. I mean, right now, looking at it, the Suns are in fourth place in the West, but they are like three games away from not being in the playoffs at all. So you never know. So we got to hope for a lot of teams to win there. Dallas is actually on the cusp of not making it. Dallas is only a half game up basically from the 11 seed. So they might not make the playoffs at all, which would be pretty awesome. So yeah, I don't, I don't know. The Nets will probably make the playoffs via the play-in if you want to count that. Will the Nets win in the play-in? I don't know. I was pretty confident last year because we had two of the best scorers in the entire league. But now this Nets team just comes down to can they make their three-point shots or not. And if they can't, then they're not going to win. So it's a game-by-game thing. It's tough to predict. But once again, I don't see the point of making the playoffs here because this team ain't going nowhere. So for tonight, Dorian Finney-Smith and Cam Johnson combined for nine points on one of 12 shooting combined, one of eight combined from three. Cam Johnson made one three-pointer. And I, I know Cam Johnson was a big part of the trade, and he should be re-signed by this team, but I, I've been pretty underwhelmed so far. He had that one, like, 32, 33-point game, but outside of that, the man has been pretty underwhelming. I don't know what it is, but hopefully he gets his stuff together by next year. Mikhail was really good, 32 points. He was somehow a minus 14, which was the worst on the team, but 11 of 19, 8 of 8 at the line. He had 6 rebounds, so he played well, in my opinion, at least, scoring the ball. Claxton had a really good defensive game. He had uh, 9 rebounds. He had 2 assists. He had 3 blocks. You know, had some fouls that were kind of questionable, but I don't know. I thought he played pretty well. Had a bad technical foul, which, of course... You know, could have cost him the game, I guess, if you look back at it. But anyway, Dinwiddie played 42 minutes, a team high. He had 25 minutes, was a plus 9, 9 of 15, 2 of 4 from 3, 5 of 6 at the line, had 12 assists. I would say one of Dinwiddie's better games as a net since returning here to Brooklyn. Royce O'Neal made the big shot at the end to go up 112-106, and I was thinking, that's the dagger. Well, I didn't think that actually, but I was like, that's a big shot. That's pretty much what I was saying, but... Yeah, he made some big shots. Joe Harris, 5 of 8 from 3. He had some big shots in this game. Joe Harris has 1,000 career three-pointers. Congrats to Joe. Um, that's pretty cool. Utah Watanabe was a plus 12. He airballed a three-pointer, I remember, but he made his other two shots. So that was nice to see. Daron Sharp, by the way. That's a guy who is really improving, it seems like, the last two games. He had a 20-10 and 10 game last time versus the Cavs. Tonight, played only 14 minutes, but was 3 of 5, had 3 rebounds, had 2 assists, had 6 points. So, he was making an impact. He had 2 blocks as well. Great block on Evan Mobley. He pinned him against the backboard. Awesome stuff there. Had a great alley-oop catch from um, from Dinwiddie. Wasn't the best pass. Actually, he had 2 alley-oops from Dinwiddie that he put in. So, weren't the best passes, but he made them. Um, Seth Curry, six minutes, wasn't his night, obviously, minus 11, zero points. Um, as I've said before, there are nights where Seth Curry can win you a game and nights where he does not belong on an NBA floor, and tonight was the latter. So, uh, yeah, I mean, once again, I just don't see this going anywhere. It is what it is. Um, it's hard not to think about the good times this year when this team was 18-2, and two, and now we're out here blowing games that should never be lost, but... 
it is what it is. That's just how it is being a Nets fan these days. And um, hopefully they can find their way out of it in the next couple years. But, you know, I'm looking at the free agent list coming up. There's nothing that great. There are some trade ideas, obviously. But, you know, there's no quick fix. So they might have to build through the draft and see what happens. So hopefully Sean Marks, who it seems like he'll be staying, whether you like it or not, that's probably going to be the outcome. I don't know how I feel about it because that man fumbled the bag so badly once he had three superstars here. But in fairness, he did build the team up to the point where he was able to attract three superstars. So depends what side of Sean Marks you want to look at. But lately, the man has been pretty incompetent for the most part. He's had a record of being a good drafter, which is kind of the reason that, you know, you might want to keep him. But in terms of, uh, you know, how he was as a GM post Harden, it was very bad. So it is what it is. I mean, my interest for the rest of the year is just hopefully the teams I don't like don't win the finals. I mean, I don't want Boston. I don't want the Sixers to win. Um, I still don't like Giannis for what he did two years ago to us. But um, Western Conference, like, I don't really care if Kevin or Kyrie win. I don't think the Mavs have a chance in hell. But um, the Suns, I mean, it'd be all right. I would take that over Boston or Philly, that's for sure. So if KD wins a chip, so be it. But the Suns right now are, you know, not looking that great lately. Kevin has been out for, I don't know, like eight games maybe or something like that since he turned his ankle. So that was a weird fluky injury, but he's had a lot of those lately. So I guess in a way it does make us feel better as Nets fans because Kevin and Kyrie are not even playing right now. So, you know, even if – uh they were still on the nets. It would probably be pretty rough here right now. And Ben Simmons is out. So you'd have your three highest paid players not playing. So that would suck. But yeah, just wanted to hop on here, react to that awful loss. Um, I'm not sure when the next reaction will be, but I know the season's coming to an end pretty soon. I'll just read off the rest of the schedule because why the hell not? So right now they have lost one, two, three, four, five in a row. So I think the last time I talked to you guys was the last win they had, which was March 12th. So it's been like 11 days, but they had the loss at OKC, the loss at home versus the Kings, which was a close game. The close loss against Denver, where they were down like 20. They came back, made it look close. Uh, six point loss against Cleveland last game, where once again, they were down by like 18 or something, made it look close in the end. And tonight's game where they just, you know, they threw it away. So yeah. They won four out of five last time I talked to you guys. Now they've lost five in a row. So not very good. But Saturday night at Miami, probably the biggest game of the season standings-wise. If they do lose that game, I would say the play-in tournament is pretty much a guarantee. After that, a back-to-back, they're at Orlando on Sunday night, 6 o'clock game. Then they're home versus the Rockets, which is weird because I think last year they played the Rockets at home, like one of their final home games. I don't know why it's set up like that again. Um, 31st, they're home versus Atlanta. On April 2nd, home versus the Jazz. Then um, home versus Minnesota. At Detroit, home versus Orlando. And then home versus Philly, who might have nothing to play for. So that would be good. So, hmm, I'll try and make a prediction for what I expect the rest of this year. I would say between Miami and Orlando, I think they'll split those games. That might be a bit optimistic. I can see 0-2 as well. But we'll say 1-1. One one. I would say they could beat Houston 2-1. and one. Atlanta, they can win. Fuck, I'll, I'll, be, I'll be optimistic here. I'll say 3-1, and one, they beat Atlanta. I'll say they lose to Utah. They'll probably lose one of those Atlanta or Utah games, the Quinn Snyder games. Um, them versus Minnesota. Um, 
I know they got Carl Anthony Towns back. I think Anthony Edwards is going to be back soon. So I would say that's probably a loss there. So looking at three and three now. At Detroit, you could probably win that four and three versus Orlando. Orlando, man, that might be a tough matchup for us. I don't know. I'll say they win it. It's at home. So I think I would have them now at like, what the hell would I have them at? Five and three after a win versus Orlando. And if the Sixers rest their guys, they can win that game, obviously, and finish out six and three, which is probably best case scenario. But, you know, knowing the Nets, it might be three and six. So I would not get your hopes up. But yeah, that's going to do it. We'll see where they finish out this season. I'll probably talk to you guys at least one more time before the playoffs start. Hope you enjoyed. I'll talk to you next time.